you're listening to one of the greatest Metallica podcasts out there. I mean, it's definitely in the top 11 to 13. Everybody, please, we're going to take a two-minute break while Josh goes and takes a shit. <laughs> no, he said nothing. <laughs> Maybe it's at the it's end, at the of, end one. of one. Okay. Ooh, that tickled me to death. R.I.P. and Seek and Destroy nope. with the guest artist. Nope, Ralph Alfred's not dead. Oh, is he not? <laughs> I just want to have a recording of James going, Temptation! the Metal Dad Podcast. Please make sure to stay tuned at the end of the episode to find out more about how to join Metal Dad's family. Here's your host for the Metal Dad Podcast. My dad, Lake Talca. And my dad, Tyler Sanford. Welcome to the Metal Dad's Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Sanford. And I am your other host, Blake Talica. And it's the long-awaited episode that you've all been waiting for. Do you think you know what it is? Uh, we're finally going to review Lulu. Yes, it's the Lulu album review. <laughs> Actually, this this episode is going to be much much worse than that. Um, it's the controversial opinions episode. Finally, finally, it's been only talked about since february of 2021 so a little over a year i'm pretty sure it's been lasting about that long whenever uh it got talked about originally i think it was actually on dustin's mff monday and speaking of dustin i think we actually have him here are you here dustin i am here how are you john we are doing good it just wouldn't be the controversial opinions episode if you weren't here i'm honored i'm honored that uh everything i say is controversial oh yeah it's gonna get good but we're not that's not all we've got another one and we're gonna throw it all the way back to mff number one and we've also got josh with us hey man you guys finally invited me back on the podcast i thought i made you mad or something (laughs) just constantly asking for drumsticks i guess i don't know (laughs) That's exactly what it is. So this is this will be Dustin's third time back. So and Josh's second. Well, you know, (laughs) we're just glad to have you both back, actually. So here's what we're gonna do. There's a lot to talk about, and we're gonna just jump right into it but first we're going to do a different segment and this might be controversial i don't know but we're going to actually going to jump into fight fire with fire Welcome to Fight Fire with Fire. A segment where two, in this case, four Metallica songs go head to head in a chance to be deemed Song of the Week. We're going to provide you with our own pertinent details of why we think the song should be and provide a few lyrics to see which songs have the power to blow the universe into nothingness. So take your last breath and fight fire with fire. So in this special edition of Fight Fire with Fire, we're actually going to pick our favorite cover song. So who wants to go first? 
not everybody ever works. I guess I can go first. Uh, most, go for it. Mo- and most appropriately, uh, <clears throat> honestly, my favorite uh, cover song was the uh, recording they did of The Ecstasy of Gold when they did the metal version. So I guess it's kind of uh, appropriate that I kick off the segment. Uh, you know, the song to me, it, it's it's very powerful in the terms of musicianship and the skills. It's kind of like kind of a little bit of a show off for everybody in the band. Uh, James got some solo work in there. And of course, it was uh, recorded, dedicated uh, after the death of. Shit, name, insert name I, here. I don't I don't know how to pronounce his name, but Ennio Morricone. Something like Morricone. I think it's Ennio Morricone, right? Maybe. Sounds better than what I would have said. (laughs) (laughs) And Chino Morrison. Okay, close enough. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I can see that. It's, I mean, it's obviously the song that they play before every show. Not maybe themselves play it, but where did they, I remember, was it at a show that they they debuted that? Copenhagen. There was a show back in the day. It was debuted at. Uh, they played it at the 40th. The uh, the uh, like the recording of it was played at the end of the show at the 40th, which I thought was cool because uh, they go in with the ecstasy of gold. They kind of came out with the ecstasy of gold, which was interesting. Okay. So I think the show they the only show they played it at was um, Copenhagen. I want to say 09, maybe 10. And of course, it was Copenhagen. They get all the good set lists. The S, did they do? I guess the symphony just played it at the SM shows, right? I don't think the boys yeah. were actually in on that. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, then I, I guess I'll go with my next. Uh, my favorite was Turn the Page. Uh, I didn't know this, but the, the first time they played it, was when they played the show at the Playboy Mansion in 1998. That was the first time they played it live. Didn't even know they played a show at the Playboy Mansion. They did. And I actually, interestingly enough, I took a picture of the set list because I thought it was so strange. Uh, so it was in October of 98. And they opened with Die Die My Darling, which was the live premiere of that one too. Fuel, King Nothing, Turn the Page, Rome, Until It Sleeps, Sabatrue, Inner Sandman, and So What. Okay. Such a random little quick show, but it had two live premieres in it, both covers. So, um, it also is one of the rarities of a cover song that actually has a music video to go with it. Um, so it has a Metallica official music video. Um, and I tried to look up some of the reviews online through IMBD, but I, all I could find was just like number rankings and they had it ranked at like seven or like seven to eight out of 10. So, um, but it was something that got played during my first show and I only sing it in the mannerism that James sang it in nashville in 2009 and so even when i hear just the audio recording of just from straight from the garage days album i still sing it as if it was were live so i don't know i just really like that song i think it's a cool song a good one it's one of those that i think it's better than the original yeah and that's obviously no hate to bob seeger he you know he's a wonderful musician but i just I mean, agree that metallica is, is better it's a little hate to Bob Seger because I don't want to hear a song. I don't want to hear that song with trumpets in it, if we're just being honest. That's the best part. That's fair. <laughs> the best part. Come on. I knew you would say that for some reason. I knew Josh would be pro trumpets. You know, the only thing I think about when I think of the Playboy stuff is uh, the, the salacious interview that, that Metallica did that kind of hinted at the band breaking up. You guys remember that, right? I have that copy I didn't know of that, that actually. Show. Yeah, it was this really salacious. Like they were basically talking a lot of smack about each other. <laughs> I have to look that up. I did not know that was a thing. Yeah, you could tell tensions were high for sure. Ew. Yeah, but I mean, in in nineteen ninety eight, what was that like? First grade, Tyler. Yeah, 
What an a-hole. So, <laughs> I wasn't very up on Metallica news in the first grade. Especially Playboy Metallica news. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even like girls yet, let alone boobies. So. All right, I guess I'll go next. Um, so I didn't pick mine until probably two hours ago. I had to go to the store and a couple other places. So I just threw on Garage Days. And just I uh, couldn't make up my mind, so I just did the singing test. Throw it on, skip through, and uh, see which one I sing the loudest to. And I ended up picking Saber Cadabra. Um, I mean, it's a Sabbath cover. How do you not like that fucking song? It's upbeat. It's uh, some really high James vocals, which you don't get a lot of these days or in general. Um, Well, I'm a real big fan of that song too. I think it's a it's a great cover. It was between that and um, obviously Fifty Third and Third, which I'm surprised we all didn't pick. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the who's the original artist of that song? The Ramones, right? The Ramones. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just hate that fucking cover. <laughs> and everybody does it. And I remember when they cover. when they first did uh, mandatory Metallica. It was on like every fifteen minutes on Sirius. I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, play something else. Play nothing else matters, please. Typical Sirius, you know, they play five out of the band's hundred and twenty song catalog or whatever over and over uh, again. <laughs> speaking of Sirius, real quick, I was on um, Into the Trivia Pit last week. Oh yeah, and I got my fucking ass kicked. Like, I did not realize how hard that show is yeah, and how little it. I know that isn't Metallica. Yeah. What good old Jose Mangan. Jose Big Teeth Mangan. Hey, he's a good dude, though. He's, he's cool. a cool guy. Yeah, he's he's always nice. Yeah. Uh, he, he's, he's good people, but he's definitely the world's foremost expert in metal. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I only got the questions that I got right due to Google. Um, and I lost on the riff section because they played. I don't even know what the fuck they played, but nothing I, I knew. <laughs> That's Blake, the hardest part, I think. Blake knows his Metallica riffs because he's played a riff contest before. And uh... oh, dude, I uh, at the other podcast guys, uh, Metal Up Your Podcast, they had a party one year, and um, they played name that riff. It was me and some random dude. And I don't think I've ever been more drunk in my life. And I scraped the floor with that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> was this the infamous White Claw incident? No, this was the infamous uh, puking all the way home from Nashville and Tyler's car incident because I <laughs> was drinking $2 uh, Stella's. Stella's. Fantastic. This uh, this family and Stella, there's something about it. Uh, <laughs> right? at, yeah, the ho- the hotel bar at uh, at the the shows in uh, Las Vegas back in February. Uh, Stella, there. No matter which way you look, somebody had a Stella in their hand. Whether it was uh, Jason from Australia or uh, Glenn and Ula ordering them by the handful. For the uh, cold, for the Kirk event in Columbia, we drank that bar out of Stella. Literally, I believe we it. Had to start, we had to start ordering other stuff. <laughs> The Vikings were there. I believe it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's so crazy. <laughs> Too bad the Metallica beer doesn't taste good, right? <laughs> Stella is the Metallica beer. That's... Yes, it is. It Not sl- that internet bullshit. Just slap a label on it. We'll call it that. All right, Josh. Let's hear yours. All right. So, I mean, I put a terrible amount of thought into this. Um as far as, you know, scrutinizing it. Uh, it's not my favorite cover, but I think the best cover is probably Bread Fan. Um, and that's simply because when I think Metallica, I think of the live experience. And Bread Fan is probably about the most well-rounded cover they have live. I think, you know, there are fast sections, slow sections, a lot of great James vocals, a lot of great energy. Um, and that, that pretty much sums it up, man. It was, I think it was between that or Am I Evil for live uh, I think Bread Fan has a little bit more oomph behind it, so I tend to like stuff faster, you know. I almost picked MI Evil too. Um, but Bread Fan, I mean, I can't disagree with you. 
it's still one I want to see and still haven't. So, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, it's a great song live. Just like picking that almost seems like we're picking at poor Blake over here. <laughs> Sorry, Blake. They really <laughs> were. Fine. At least you didn't say fixer. So we're good. <laughs> <laughs> well, fortunately, fixer's not a cover. So that would have not have been, that would have been disqualified. Uh, well, so how, how are we supposed to pick who wins? I don't know. I mean, I, I honestly feel like Josh and Dustin have better answers than I do when it comes to the reasoning why they picked them. So if we have to change our votes, one of them get mine. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think I think we should narrow it down to ecstasy or bread fan. I think uh, I think ecstasy is definitely more iconic. I'll, I'll give you that point for sure. And that kind of blew my mind. And I'm like, wow, yeah. I didn't even consider that one. You know, did like, not cross my mind when he said yeah. it. Nope. Definitely. First thing that came to my mind really when you asked me like, what's like, what's the favorite? Not necessarily what's the favorite, but what like what I think is the most special. It, that would definitely be one because there was a purpose behind it, but it just it really showcased the band as a whole. And you got James in there doing the vocal sing along part that we all do at the beginning that gets us all pumped up for the show. Like just you slap that song on in the car and you're, you're gonna be pumped up. Okay, that's it. Dustin gets my vote. <laughs> Guess that settles it. There it is. Yeah. All right, we have a winner. Remember that Modelo commercial a couple months ago that uh that had the that score on it. Every time it'd come yep. on, I'd be like, "Yeah, I'm a," t-. and then I'd realize I'm in my living room, you know, and I'm like, "Damn it!" <laughs> right. It would be such a punk out. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Okay. The XC of Gold wins Song of the Week this week. So that's going to do it for Fight Fire with Fire. Y'all ready to move on to the next one? Do it. All right. Do it. Okay. So here, here's the bread and butter. Okay. So we, for whatever reason, from the beginning, have been always geared towards controversial opinions. I don't know why that is. I guess because we've been around the band for so long that it's kind of fun to talk about and either see some of the ridiculous things that we can come up with or just watch people rage about it on the internet. Uh, Because even though I am extremely passionate about the band, someone could have a ridiculously unrealistic or crazy controversial opinion, and it would not like get me in the upset range does that make sense with that would y'all agree with that like regardless of what someone's opinion is like even if they're like metallica sucks past injustice okay that's totally like that doesn't bother me to my core if that's what somebody's gonna laugh at you if you say that (laughs) doesn't piss me off no no that's a cop out of of an argument anyway it is so with that being said, a couple of months ago, there was a post that was made on the Met Club Legacy Members unofficial fan page from our very own Dustin. And here's what it says. He posted it through the Six Horsemen chapter. This was back on January 9th. The post has 215 comments. And 38 of them are people tagging Wayne Summers. (laughs) (laughs) And so I'm going to read the post. So here we go. Oh, hey, we didn't do the intro. Oh, you know what? You're right. Like, why don't you bring us in with that then? This segment is called Don't Thread on Me, where we take on an online thread and discuss the comments and responses of the Metallica family, the trolls. So love it or leave it, she with the deadly bite, quick as the internet, fucked as a lightning strike. Shining with dumbasses, always on surveillance, the eyes they ever close, emblem of ignorance. So don't thread on me. Boom. All right, we'll see what this post is. It says, okay, family, I need your help with an upcoming project i want to hear your unpopular opinions about metallica what are the heels you're willing to die on that everyone else thinks you're crazy for 
Maybe you think St. Anger is better than Master of Puppets or that the band is better 1991 and onward. Let's hear it. That might have been a window into what we're going to be talking about later. <laughs> Just FYI. <laughs> uh, so let's definitely hear it. So we're just going to scroll through some of these. So all four of us have the post open. And whatever whatever y'all see, then let's just jump on in here. I'll kick it off if you guys want me to. Let's do it. Run it. Uh, this one's from Roger. The thing that should not be is one of the worst Metallica songs. Woo! I don't know where this guy's from, but. <laughs> I have a butt, and he's officially heard it for sure. <laughs> I think he oh. lives in Sucksville, USA. <laughs> oh my gosh, I, I, that hits home to I me. Fired out the gate. <laughs> yeah, that hits home to me. Considering last week or two weeks ago, that was like the song I picked that was like the heaviest song, in my opinion. <laughs> so, like, wow, okay. But like I said, I'm I'm not upset. I'm I'm just like kind of shocked by that. A lot of people were uh, just looking over the uh, replies to that comment. Uh, you know, my favorite here, you got Ken Jeong. Oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you didn't. Uh, what do we got? We got one here from Justin. Uh, just says, shortest straw sucks. Justin, you kind of suck. Shortest straw sucks. I but he to... doesn't because I, I know Justin and he doesn't suck. But yeah, you suck. Yeah, he's he's a good guy, but I can't get behind that. I wish he would have went into more detail as to why he thinks it sucks, though, because I would be very interested to see why he thinks that. Um, apparently, according to the comments, he's on record uh, on and podcast for all saying as much and giving an explanation. So we may have to uh, give that a listen and, and and for ourselves give a little Whoa. shout out to the other to the other guys but yeah that, with a statement like that i'm surprised shane didn't kick him off the show <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of shane his is his comment is one of the first comments i see on here and it says and justice for all has better songs than master of puppets i mean justice is my favorite album so i did maybe <laughs> but, but for better songs, I mean, there was no with, without any context. I can't really agree nor disagree with that because you know I, I don't know what exactly he's referring to there. Um, what constitutes a better song? I mean, that's, that's exactly. a question that could take three hours in itself. Well, what's funny is when he posted that, all I did was comment with a winky face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was the first post that Wayne Summers was tagged in, or the first comment that Wayne was tagged. In. Uh, and Wayne's response was, imagine how good the album would have been if you'd mixed the two together. I mean, that could be interesting. Uh, I would like to hear it with bass, though. Um... <laughs> yeah, imagine Orion without bass. What's the fucking point? Ooh, the right. <laughs> the song doesn't <laughs> exist without it. Hmm. And there's some guy yeah. named... There's some guy named Wayne on here saying Metallica haven't done a great album for over 20 years. I don't know about all that. <laughs> mm. was, 20, was it 20 or 25? I thought it was 25. One of those. <laughs> what, what is? What was the last album 25 years ago? I suck at math. I think he's referring <sighs> to Injustice. Right? Okay. 25, 25 years ago from now would have been... Uh, load reload 97 he's probably a okay. fuel he's probably a fan of fuel then that guy yeah <laughs> yeah i have to disagree with that his um your comment back to him was saying 20 years ago was 2001 so anything prior to saint anger he's saying is good Is that what we're getting from that? He says load is a I masterpiece. So. Reload is good. That actually kind of surprises me that he would say that. Maybe his math was just off and he meant to say 30. Yeah. 
here's one from Lewis. S&M is overrated. S&M 2 is way better. That makes me laugh out loud. Hmm. <laughs> Inside, I guess. The only reason I would ever agree with that statement was because I was at S&M 2. I wasn't at S&M. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same, but just the, the sound and the mixing of S&M compared to S&M 2. I mean, not throwing shade on the project they did because S&M 2 is awesome, but if nothing else you know yeah the the mixing is is uncomparable and i wish we would could have gotten two songs i and i understand that they were trying to branch out and be creative but i could have done without the two symphony songs and gotten two more metallica songs would you agree yeah i'm behind that for sure I mean, I like the symphony stuff, but I did too, and I, I understand what they were going for with that. But it, in my opinion, I think it definitely like crash landed in the overall appeal of the crowd that was there, and so, like, it was just a total waste of time. I think the or no, the thing that maybe made it crash land was that the template was established that two two new songs might be played because of the first one. So we kind of all walked into SM two expecting maybe a new song. You know, and we got symphony songs, which is, I mean, you know, I'm a string fan for sure, but I definitely see where I, I mean, I was a little bit disappointed. Yeah, I agree. Walked into SM2 expecting more load and reload than I got. That was the only thing I expected. And we also could have gotten away without having uh, MTT and his monologue. Which was fine for the show. I'm actually surprised that that still was left in for the movie and and the Blu-ray. I mean, he can do the monologue and I'll like in the in the symphony stuff live. You know, for those of us that were in the arena, but I'm really surprised that that stuff got left in to the final product uh, that they released. Yeah, how weird is that? That there's a whole like intro into Iron Foundry. It's like who's listening to that? <laughs> like I don't. Who wants that on their vinyl? Like because that's just something you've got to manually move over. You know. You got a problem learning about primitivism? Uh, All right, here's one. John says, Blackened is completely overrated. That guy can fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) And I love how you had to clarify whether he was talking about the song or the whiskey. I didn't care whichever his answer was. He could fuck right off (laughs) either way. (laughs) I like the song and I love the whiskey. So. Yeah, I agree. The whiskey's too good to, to, to ride off. Yeah. It's not the best out there, but it definitely will hold its own. Um, And and it's, it's, it goes good with a ginger ale. It's good in a mixed drink, but it's, yes, it's not. I'm really glad that it didn't become like the enter night of whiskeys. Where it was kind of like a thing they did and disappeared. You know, it's actually going to have some longevity to it, and it's. They could just lower the price, but I'd buy of it. We just need to be able to get it in Canada. <laughs> All right. Well, just the one right underneath that says from. I guess it's pronounced Veli. I guess it says there's only one Metallica song I don't like, and it's Jump in the Fire. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't agree. I don't disagree. I don't really have any, when you say that, I don't really have any feelings either way. No, I don't either. It's like so, the song, but it's no. not my favorite on that album. I think it's a, it's an average Metallica song. Now, when I say that, I mean, it's a fantastic song, but compared to what Metallica has done, it's kind of mid pack for sure. It's a bit stock. Yeah, that that's a good word for it. Not that it's bad, but that it's just like when you think of old school Metallica, it's like jump of the fire. Like that's just a classic sound. So hmm. it's a song you almost want to dance to. Just please tell me there's a YouTube. Please tell me that's going to make YouTube. Him oh, that'll be the clip that opens, <laughs> opens the video. Why I did it. 
Jeff Johnson. Uh, while we're on the subject. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I don't want to I stop you. we were on the subject of Black and somebody, uh, Jeff, had commented that Black in 2020 was utter garbage. That's the exact one I was about to read. Perfect. Oh, Black perfect. in 2020. I don't. I don't hate it. It was cool because it was something to listen to because fucking it was kind of new. Is it on my fucking Apple Music playlist? No, but <laughs> it's not bad. The well, video was cool because it kind of was like uh, like reminiscent of what we were all going through in the world at that time. Like, you know, that was early in the pandemic when we were all, you know, we weren't hanging out with, with friends and seeing family and seeing people. We were doing it all on Skype. So it's like that the way they did that video was really uh, kind of kind of cool. Yeah. And they I mean, it's not like it was the first time doing something acoustic either. Like they've released they did a whole acoustic live show. I mean, they've done acoustic since then. So uh, that's definitely what's in the surprise. Now, do I want them to go through their entire discography and release everything acoustic? Not necessarily, unless I we're going to get a unless we're going to get a tour, and then I'm cool with it. But the outlaw tour. But if I'm being honest, I would much rather hear load and reload era songs acoustically rather than trying to rewrite trapped under rice with an acoustic guitar like i don't need yeah. that I, I, I need ronnie you know <laughs> yeah, i mean we I, can re-record mama said with an electric guitar i rather enjoy the acoustic stuff man like the bridge shows the bridge school shows like that disposable acoustic disposable for one that's that's one that sticks out of my my mind is uh is amazing i think same with all of them in my hands I don't like all within my hands acoustic. I, it just doesn't do it for me. But the one that I think is the worst they've ever done acoustic was hardwired. I don't know who <laughs> thought that was a good idea, but it was terrible. Disposable Heroes was great acoustic. Yeah, it was awesome. Yes, I agree that that one was good. Hmm. hmm. Okay, here here we go. Right here, Michael. He's got number one. Saint Anger is far superior to Hardwired. He's not wrong. I mean, Michael, you want to come on the show, buddy? <laughs> it's it's so hard to make that comparison because they're completely separate. Like if they would have went from Saint Anger to Hardwired and didn't have Death Magnetic in the middle as a buffer, like that would be pretty um, jarring, you know? Yeah. Like, because that's those are two totally different bands at this point in time. Yeah. I uh, think Michael's Michael's comment was four points too, so we should. Yeah, we'll just four very valid points. Yeah. Yeah. I think Saint Anger was more passionate than Hardwired. Uh, and that's not really that's not saying it's better i just think it, it came from a different place i um, mean i mean it, that more raw raw nature appeals to me for sure uh, i don't know if i like it better than hardwired but i, I, I mean like hardwired it's worth Sorry. discussing for sure no worries i feel like it was very phoned in like they were just trying to i don't want to say crank it out because it's not a bad album but like especially with all the kirk shit and him just going in and recording a bunch of shit and piecing the solos together. I, I don't know. I mean, I know there's no solos on St. Anger, but I, I felt like everybody was kind of one at that moment in time, and it really showed in the passion and the the feeling behind that music. Well, it feels like it took them a while, but they kind of all got on the same path like it at first they were like we can't stand each other we're not going to get together on this and then eventually they kind of meshed together and created something pretty unique whereas on hardwired it's like well and it probably the same thing could be said about death magnetic too is like death magnetic they were just trying to like revive themselves and then in hardwired it was like it was almost like they were trying to rediscover again it's like, are we sure that this is what we want to sound like? So I don't know. It's like ever since St. Anger, it's like they've been trying to rediscover how they want to sound. 
So also in Michael's comp or post, he says two. Lulu is good. So close to Michael. You were almost there, buddy. <laughs> I cannot agree with that. <laughs> I can and I will, but it's not good for if you go into Lulu in terms of like you were excited for a metallic album. For what Lulu is, Lulu is fantastic. But I mean, you guys give me shit constantly on, on the show for, for my thoughts on Lulu. So I was never a Lou Reed fan and I'm still not. And that's probably why I don't like that. If I was into Lou Reed, I'd probably think it was fucking awesome. But I, it's just not my flavor. Fair enough. And Josh can attest to this. I don't like anything. So. <laughs> <laughs> so number three he says there are no bad Metallica songs right. you're back on Michael yeah I, I can well, I think I agree with that well, yep. even the worst Metallica song is still the worst song by the greatest band in the history of the world so it's 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 yeah <laughs> I like that statement that's good and then Number four, Rob is better for the band than Jason ever was. That's like where Michael's head's upset. at. Yeah. Yeah. Let's um we'll let's revisit that one because I have a feeling that that's <laughs> coming later. And so we'll just we'll just kind of give that as a little teaser and we'll come we'll come back to it later. All right. Somebody else pick one. Uh let's see here. I'm not a fan of the Unforgiven, and I'm tired of hearing Fuel Live from Derek. Hmm. I mean, I'm not going to get tired of hearing Fuel because that's just my thing. That's my jam. But I don't know what he means by he's not a fan of the Unforgiven unless he's thinking of it in the same realm as he's tired of hearing it live or he's just not a fan of the song at all. And I'm pretty much over anything on the Black Album for the most part, so I can't agree with you there. <laughs> well, I can't say that I don't like Unforgiven because without Unforgiven, we we have no Unforgiven too, and that's just and that's the best one. That's just not right. So you have to have Unforgiven so that we can have Unforgiven too. <laughs> I got one here. I'm just going to kind of read it, and and uh, it's a little bit of a longer comment, but I think it's got some, some weight to it. Okay. If Cliff were still alive, Metallica would not have lasted as long as they have. His musical tastes would have led to either more side projects or more experimental elements like Load and St. Anger stuff. Rumors that they had discussed replacing Lars, if they had, were actually true, who knows, I think solidifies my opinion. Lars involved with the business end of the band has kept them relevant for the past 15 years. I think they've all could have gone their separate ways and been fine with it. That's a lot. So of it, it is. So, so just even on the, on the, the, like the, the, the first sense. So if Cliff were still alive today, would we still have Metallica? Would, would Cliff being Cliff have torn the band apart? No, I don't think so. I think it was equal footing. I think it was everybody was equal in those days. I mean, I think yeah. I think there would have been maybe a different mentality as far as side projects. Like, I don't think Hetfield could have got away with the BS he pulled on Newstead because I think Cliff was in a superior position to that in his mind. So, but I don't think the band would cease to exist. No way. I don't think we'd have the albums we have today. But no, I don't think it would not exist either. Well, and too, like. Hetfield respected Cliff, and so he would have respected Cliff's opinion on side projects, I think. Yep. Yep. What was the second part of that comment? So after after the Cliff section, what does it say? It's talking about Lars and the business end. Uh, Lars involved with the business end of the band has kept them relevant for the past 15 years or so. Uh, Don, the, the commenter, thinks that they all could have gone their separate ways 15 years ago and been fine with it. But Lars kept them relevant. I'm not sure. I think that's 100% correct. I think Lars is the business force behind the band. I think he always has been. And I think he has ex exemplary business sense. Um, I don't, I mean, it, 
you know, I was listening to an interview with Gary Holt, you know, who I really respect. And, you know, he was talking about how he doesn't think Metallica has made one misstep during their entire career. And I think a lot of that's attributable to Lars. Absolutely. Yeah. The only, the only way I could see them parting or the only member that I could see would have been done by now is James. I think that he would have been done, but because of, I don't know if, I don't think it's necessarily success. I just think that Lars is keeping him eager, hopefully. And maybe that's what's keeping him involved. Um, I don't know. I think James is definitely stronger, you know, and obviously this is all just me assuming things, but I think he's a stronger artist. I mean, I don't doubt that he's a great businessman, but I think his real contribution to Metallica is the art side for sure. I don't think he gives as much of a shit at this point about the business side of it as Lars does, or even at any point. Um, I agree with you. I think it's more about let's just go make music and Lars will figure that bullshit out or he won't. Who cares? <laughs> well, and two, like, because of today's time, let's go ahead and just be thankful that we still have James, especially after the news of, like, Taylor Hawkins. Like, thank the good Lord that James is, like, taking care of himself responsibly because things could have ended badly either three years ago or – 20 years ago and they didn't so uh let's just throw that in there too yeah all right so i got I one of you one. guys oh no you go go ahead go for it how about this one uh i completely dislike the term metallica family and i'm sure i'm not the only one by manu metallica family. Oh, wow yeah somebody's trying to out out controversial opinion me yeah, That's, and they, they I, might have just won with that one. I think they might have just won with that one. I don't know that I've ever heard that said before. Have y'all ever heard that said before, that somebody doesn't like the term Metallica family? I don't think so. Wow. That's a bold I like you guys statement. more than I like my family. So Right? <laughs> Most of them. I, I spend more time with you guys than I do some people in my family, so... Yeah. Oh man. I also like the subtle connotations to Manson family, you know. <laughs> oh gosh. Because it is There's kind a of a bit of that in it too. This kind of a cult, but it's a great cult, you know. <laughs> yeah. Right. We don't kill people yet. No. <laughs> uh, I don't know. We've uh we, I've seen Greta Van Fleet survive two shows. Now we're gonna see if they go for an entire tour. We'll see what South America thinks of Greta Van Fleet and then then we'll revisit that conversation. They're going to yeah. have a rough time down there. Greta Van Fleet fans. <laughs> I can already tell you that. Oh my God, can you imagine if they take them to Mexico? Like Mexico City? <laughs> I think taking them to Brazil even is, is just, is just as bad. And, and, and on that subject too, like Greta Van Fleet, I, I appreciate the music. I appreciate their show. I just don't think they're a good match for opening for Metallica like in their own right I actually I've seen them open for the Foo Fighters and they're actually that's a kind of a better of a blend but yeah it's so my hatred towards Greta Van Fleet isn't hatred towards the mess of band it's just I don't think that they should be opening for Metallica not at all yeah that's maybe they just had a bad experience with like the family in general either they haven't felt included enough or they think it's creepy. I, I don't know, but I couldn't. Well, I couldn't imagine it not existing or being labeled as that. that yeah, I was looking. There was just a couple of smart ass comments underneath it. Like, I can't remember the number of times I asked Lars for a loan and got nothing. Like, isn't that what family's for? <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, that's yeah. Funny. I like I, that. <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't. Um, somebody else commented on it. They said Papa Het is is horrible too. As and I guess they don't like calling James Hetfield Papa Het. Didn't he give himself that fucking nickname? Yes, he did. That's kind of a that's kind of a retro car guy thing, though. Kind of coming from that culture. Mm-hmm. Like that's a little bit of that. I think that's kind of where he maybe picked that up as far as that ideology when he was kind of in that car thing. Could see that. I mean, I don't have a problem with it. I don't think he's literally like trying to be somebody's daddy because he's got his own kids. 
that are doing their own thing. So, <laughs> you know, the only person that he we could call their daddy would be Mustang. That would be Hetfield, be Mustang's daddy all day. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. Oh, yeah. fuck face Dave Mustaine. I'm going to see Mega Dave next month, man. I'm Dude. sorry. Uh, so you am see I. Trivium? Uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. I'm, I'm, just leaving, sure. I'm leaving just before Mega Death starts. Uh, I got a cheap ticket and I figured $50 was enough to, was, I could justify $50 to see, uh, is it Trivium in Flames and Lamb of God and then leave before yep. Mega Death. Yep. So Dave might get $5 a year money. <laughs> Hey man, to be fair, okay, that's a hell of a lineup of openers. It's not fucking Greta Van Fleet like we're getting on Metallica shows. So you know, <laughs> right. well, it, they it, called it, it its earnest name. They called it the Metal <clears throat> Tour of the Year for a reason. It's metal yeah. till the headliner. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, that's that's so. What about Dan, who says that the day that never comes is his least favorite song? Real quick, I am just blown away by this comment by Manu. If for some reason you fucking hear this, hit us up. Come on the show. Let us change your mind. I like how you say that with hand gestures like an Italian. Hey, let us change your mind. <laughs> let us change your mind. <laughs> Become yeah, part that, of that, that one that opinion really hurt. The day that never comes. No, we one previous to that. Oh. I can't get over that still. The family blows my mind. I'm dwelling on the family thing. Like one of the guys underneath it says, totally agree with you on that. I don't even know these people. Um talk which is to hilarious. any of them. Which is hilarious because it's it's Justin Hassler. I know him very well. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I know that guy. <laughs> I think James, we, got a troll, we got a we got a troll going on in here. I love it. It's got to be. And all these people are members of the Met Club slash Legacy members fan page. So I don't. Yes. Close my mind. Okay, we can move on. I just had to get my piece out. It's gonna. I'm gonna. I'm going to have a conversation with my wife about this just because I want to bitch about it more. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what's, that's what's going to leave Blake scarred from this episode is that comment. You ain't fucking wrong. Anyway, let's, okay. let's move on. Get off my soapbox. Okay, here we go. We're in trouble for this one because Lewis says that referring to them as the boys when they're closing into their 60s, it's just dumb. We're really going to get picky with terminology. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it's just like, I mean, it's just a, a term, right? It's just what people say. Yeah, they're older than me by like double, but they're still the boys. Fuck you. That's it. Like this conversation right now is just the boys getting on to talk about Metallica. It's just, yeah. just, yep. Well, uh, I got one. I got one yeah. right here. Uh, <laughs> I don't think Josh is going to like this one. Oh, no. I know Joe exactly says, which one. <laughs> Joe says, um, oh, I know another. Lars giving drumsticks to the street corner beggars with signs asking for drumsticks. There are some of us that are hungry for drumsticks, too, but aren't begging. Hmm. I bet, no, I mean, listen, man. You got if you want it, you got to put in the work. I mean, that's I mean, like I don't have to put in the work. Like I don't want to get all up in Lars's face and yell at him because oh, you asshole, what <laughs> dick. <laughs> Let the record show that Blake's holding up three drumsticks. <laughs> um, I set those out earlier just because I knew there would be an opportunity, and I had to. Yeah, I mean, it's I don't know, true. man. He's, if you you have to show, I mean that's energy, okay? So he's feeding off of those people's energy. I mean, why wouldn't he mm-hmm. give them a stick? He doesn't give a crap about people like me who just chill and vibe in the back sometimes, you know. I mean, so. I first still think on that one of these days. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, the, the first comment on that opinion says, "Oh, don't get me started on the guys that use their kids as props, like little babies begging for trinkets." Uh, you better fucking believe I'm bringing my kid to a show. 
And if she gets a drumstick, it's going in the closet with all my other shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I He's still think that you have under her the, bed. Uh, I still think Josh has the best drumsticks on. I agree. Yeah, I got to bust that out, man. I I haven't I don't ever do rail anymore. That's cuz we usually do soundboard. So, I guess I need to rail one day. It's it's the best sign I've seen in a long time. And I feel like Lars would remember Blake's face enough to recognize what the sign is all about. Yeah. Cuz Blake has a pretty recognizable face and and he's been around enough long enough to I think that he would know. You just call me ugly. No, I'm just saying that Lars <laughs> knows you. He picked you out of the crowd in Alabama, didn't he? Yeah, true. And that was like months after your meet and greet. And he'd already seen like 12 billion people since then. I think you're sexy, especially with your stiff drumstick. Ooh. I, try. I think you're good looking too. Tyler's probably going to leave our lives. Out. You want to leave oh. our wives and move in together? <laughs> I don't know. You're bringing the six. Yeah, we'll share them if we get married. <laughs> if we get divorced, we each get one and a half. So let's go for, let's do another 15 minutes. Y'all good with that? Okay. This? Yeah. Right. I got I got another one. Um, okay. It's pretty interesting. Uh, a different Joe says, the fifth member fan club sucks. Wish they would go back to the way it was with a paid subscription. I agree. Hard, hard agree. Hard, hard agree. Um, it's just not the same. Like pre-sales are for big events are more difficult than they should be. Difficult is not S&M. even the word. Yeah, difficult is not even the word. Uh, you know, we don't get the same. You know, sure. Like we, mm-hmm. I think there's still, I think, yeah, I, well, I still, I think there's a, like a, a digital publication of so what, or something that like Stefan Shirazi's newsletter, but it's, it's, you know, getting the, those magazines every quarter was cool. Getting the shirt that was a kind of exclusive to our little thing was cool. Uh, you know, there was just kind of things that made it exclusive and kind of made it ours. Um, and so it's definitely not, yeah, it's just, it's not the same. Nope. I agree. For sure. Do I want to pony out 50 bucks every year? No, but would I in a second? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was totally worth the money. Like, I mean, 50 bucks. I... I'm sure it was more in Canada, but could you imagine how much it would be now with shipping to Canada? <sighs> I don't even American, it's, it. American, it's $50. In Canada, it's like 245 well, we never had the option for the, uh, there were always two tiers to the Met Club. There was like Met Club Standard and the Met Club Premium. We were only, so whatever the more expensive one was, the premium, we were, that's all we were ever offered in Canada. Like we were never, like, we, $64 or, or whatever, 65 And then, but you know, back in the day, there was a time when the dollar was at par. So it was a little better. There's actually a time when the Canadian dollar was actually a little bit stronger. Um, you know, but you know, in today's terms, yeah, $65 is, pushing 80 85 plus the shipping hmm. but at the end of the day i think we all miss the old fan club and then if you don't i want to talk to you and find out why if there's anybody right. that there's anybody that prefers the way the club is now to the way the club was i would love to talk to you and find out what the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> They must have not been members before is the only thing. That's got to be what it is. They're just pissed they don't have legacy status. That's all. Man, I'm so thankful for my legacy status. Like, <laughs> right. that's the thing I'm most proud of in my, like, in my Metallica life. Legacy status. Yeah, I'm almost more proud of that than my kids. <laughs> <laughs> all right. This one comes from Aaron. I think James's lyrics the words themselves from load through hardwired are stronger than the first five albums. They seem to be deeper and more personal. I'll agree with that. He was, uh, I mean, you're essentially watching him grow up from a teenager to a grown ass man and, you know, dealing with all his problems and all his internal shit and, 
becoming a father and a husband and all that other bullshit. It's going to come out in his writing and it's going to be more. It's going to be deeper, more meaningful than like lyrics to jump in the fire. I know, but but can we really even compare the two? I mean, you have you have these great songs like One and uh, For Whom the Bell Tolls that are basically poetry. They're telling a story. And then you have the load era and, you know, I guess moving forward that is kind of like therapy. I mean, it's a lot of self-exploration feelings. I mean, I love them both. I don't think there are any really bad Metallica lyrics, but I feel like it's just coming from two different places, you know? Yeah. Okay. I'll take your opinion on that better than my own because you're a writer by trade. So professional carnival barker. Yes. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, I'm loving your YouTube videos. Uh, you just standing next to a car looking super awkward telling me all about it. <laughs> yeah, did you see how, how small I made that 29 Ford look? That was crazy. Yes, it looked like a <laughs> fucking smart car. <laughs> I'm like, holy crap, am I really that big? Jeez. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of those videos too. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to make a video of uh your wife's 2007 MacBook that you're using right now. It's so old. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. I think we've got time for one more. And unless you've got one that you're looking at, I think I found the last one that I'm interested in. Um, and it comes from Peter. And it says, I don't like the direction what the band or their management has been going since 2017. I believe like he's just assuming tickets are almost triple what they used to be in 2010. All, all these early entry and meet and greet packages, Metallica traveling company, etc. It's all becoming slowly just fun for rich people. And then he just mentions that Ender Night and black and whiskey are cash grabs. I don't agree with that. I think they just wanted to do something cool and different. Sure. They're going to get extra revenue for it, but I, I can't imagine that there's just that much more money in internet beer and black and whiskey that they would be like, yeah, let's go, let's go after the beer, you know? I, uh, I think I don't want to speak for this guy certainly, but I feel like a lot of times like purchases are equated to loyalty. So, you know, you feel like you want to support an artist and rightfully so by purchasing their stuff, but it gets to a point to where you just can't like, there, there's no way I mean, some of the stuff that, like the book, I guess, that came out or whatever a few days ago, I, there's no way I would ever purchase that. You know, it's like, so I think you just have to pick and choose. I think they offer a little bit of something for everybody. And, you know, if you don't, if you're not into it, then take your money elsewhere. You know, that's, that's what I do. But yeah, I think, I mean, it's definitely gotten more commercial, but, you know, also costs more to do things these days. And that's the only source of income is merchant touring. So, yeah. Yep. Well, that's a valid point. And, and, you know, it's, it's like you both are saying, like they, they offer something for everybody. You know, if you, if you have the means to do something like a hardwired package and, and you so choose to do it, then, you know, that's available to you as an option. And it's a great revenue stream for the band to keep doing, to keep doing, you know, at the end of the day, it is a business at the, at the very end of the day, they, you know, Metallica is a company that is, you know, I'm not saying it's all about the money, but at the, you know, they're, they're going to find little revenue pieces of the revenue stream. Um, the ticket price thing is the one that really gets me. Um, and that, but, but I think it's because I have a little bit more of kind of a, an inside knowledge of how, like how the industry works versus like the average person. Like I can look at a show and say, okay, I paid $200 for the floor ticket but then look at the come in and look at the production, look at what they're doing with the show and knowing what that show costs to put on. You know, I know that it's not just the band saying, I'm going to take that $200 from you because I can. A band like Metallica, your band like Coldplay, Taylor Swift's, your big A-list bands are putting putting thousands and thousands of dollars a week in, in equipment rental and all this into their live show. So they, so for people to just bitch and moan, say, oh, it costs more than it did 10 years ago, it's, a, it's an invalid argument, but it really just, it, it shows a lack of knowledge as to how the business works. I would agree that the shows have come a long way, especially since um, the World Wire Tour, because like that arena show, the only thing they had 
for display on the inside was just those coffins. Everything else was lighting, and then they had their the speakers with the scary eye on them, and that was it. Uh, they've come a long way with their digital and showmanship. Uh, now, am I tired of seeing the same squares over and over again since 2015? Yes. However, it, that's a night and day difference from just a a monitor on stage like that. That's you know that costs money, and whether I'm tired of it or not, it's at least easier to look at and cooler to look at and can change more often than just a black background. Am I the only one who misses the drones? I thought those were cool. Yeah. The drones are super cool. Like, I hate that it was from Moth into Flame because I'm still over that song, but I thought the drones were super fucking cool. And that, that stuff's super unique. Like, sure, we could pay $50 to see them, but if I'm going to do that, I'd rather see them in a club somewhere. Like, don't charge me $50 and then give me a, you know, crap show in an arena that doesn't have anything going on. Um, and I don't, you know, necessarily need fancy lights or or drones to have a good time at the Metallica show, but I think it's cool to see what they can come up with. Like, cause their production team again from 2010 to now is completely different. It just seems like every time they've taken the next step of how do we make this even like a bigger production, especially when it comes to like the stadium shows where they had the big M and a on each side of the stage. Like that's super cool. And like just all of it together, just cohesion just works so well together. This the old yeah, is it- uh, outdoor stage, the one um, where it had the ramp up top. Like, I thought that one was super nice with the four or five big screens that are kind of tilted. Yeah, like the heavy Montreal yeah. stage. Yes. Yeah. yeah the uh, the by dem- uh, the on demand or was it by request? Yeah, not on demand yeah. by request tour. They did that. Yeah. Dan Dan Brown, who's been the the band's uh, production and designer for God thirty years, going back to words of like I would love to sit and pick his brain because uh, a lot of these concepts that you see, you know, are ideas that he puts out and says, "Hey, I got this idea for the next tour. This technology is available. Talk to Lars, see what Lars thinks, and then put it out in the world and see what all these different companies can do." And you know, it's it's just ever evolving. But I would love to sit and pick that guy's brain just to to see the kind of dreams that he must have to come up with some of the stuff that he has. I think that would be a, a very interesting conversation. Yep, for sure. Well, guys, I think we've made it through this post. Actually, can you believe it? All the good ones, anyway. All I mean, there's a couple of just. Uh, the ones you would expect, like I think Lulu is decent. Well, we looked at that already. Or fuel sucks. Okay, great, great comment. Appreciate that. It's like, it's like okay, how do I, you know, Saint Anger almost maybe not be a Metallica fan. Okay, that's a little extreme. Mm-hmm. That that that's a lot of bit extreme. Who was it that uh? Oh, it was somebody a couple of weeks ago was talking about. Do you think anybody has ever hardlined saying that they've stopped listening to Metallica after saying anger? Like, do you think everybody's actually ever having that conversation? That? I don't remember who we were talking to, but yes. Have people said it? Probably. Has anybody actually done it? Doubtful. Like, has anybody ever, like, even up to 2003, did anybody say, who's a big diehard fan say, oh, this album's trash. I'm never listening to the band again? I would be very surprised if anybody actually followed through with that if you were really a fan of the band then it wouldn't matter right because it would be hard not to like like if you were that big of a fan and then saint anger like drove you away wouldn't you just be a little bit curious to think huh i wonder what death magnetic sounds like (laughs) you know (laughs) it's like wouldn't i disappear have been kind of uh a warning shot then at that point Well, everybody shits all over the, the snare drum in St. Anger, but nobody ever shits all over the snare drum in uh, I Disappear. It's I never even thought about that. 
It's the same. It really is, isn't it? <laughs> That's a revelation that I've just now coming to. I appreciate yeah. that. Wow. Okay. You learn something new every day on the Metal Dust podcast. <laughs> I like it. Well, let me uh okay, so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna move on to our next segment, and we're actually gonna give you our controversial opinions. And just buckle up because I think that these are gonna be may not be as jaw dropping as hating the Metallica family, but oh god. I think I don't think gonna... anybody's gonna top that. <laughs> Dustin might come close. You might come close, so let's just jump into it. So, Dustin, what's what's a controversial opinion that you have? Let's jump into it. I think that Rob is the best bass player, fit the best bass player, period, the band has ever had, Cliff included. Join us next week on the Metallodads podcast. Thank you for listening to a complete episode of the Metal Dads Podcast. We appreciate you spending your time with us. If you enjoy what we're doing around here, please leave us a review on the Apple iTunes Store and on Facebook. Speaking of Facebook, you should follow us on our socials. That's on Facebook and Instagram, Metal Dads Podcast. Uh, we'd like to have you on the show, so send us an email or contact us at metalladadspodcast at gmail.com. And as always, thanks for listening.